Like every time I have a problem, Jeff looks at me and goes, "It's pretty." I swear, maybe. You know what? If you get a bubbles up tattoo, I might listen to the song. That's all I got. That's all I got. Welcome to another Spotty Goats podcast, everybody. Um, God, this is going to turn into a therapy session in yes. no time. Gosh. If, if, if I win. No, no. It, yeah, you've already won. Uh, yeah, SpottedGoatsPodcast.com, as a reminder, is the place to go to be sure to check out um, the newest, latest, and greatest stuff that's going on, specifically our uh, Facebook group, the Spotted uh, Goats Podcast community, where we're going to continue to build that. There's not a lot going on there right now, but we want to continue, and you just jump in and ask questions. Uh, it is the unmoderated, to this point, unfiltered, hopefully forever community that we're that we are opening up for for conversation uh also you can go if you go to spottedgoatspodcast.com you can click on the patreon link if you would like to be a supporter uh at which at some point here in the very near future we're going to allow supporters to be able to listen to future episodes that have not gone public yet and also uh we are looking to do some Zooms with the goats, some goat zooming. We're going to have to come up with something fun with that. We need merch. I'm thinking like camouflage goat bells. Oh, my gosh. Well, something like that. You know, that is, is it still the French word of the day? Camouflage? How's that camouflage. for a throwback? Camouflage. How's that for a throwback? Uh, so anyway, that's all I got for a professional intro. Seriously, thank you, everyone, for your quote, unquote, okay. air quotes. The air right. quotes. Hear that. Those were air quotes. Uh, so uh, thank you seriously, though, for uh, your support so far. And uh, we hope to continue to be able to, to bring you at least a somewhat plausible <laughs> podcast. Somewhat plausible. Yeah. Okay, well, I had the last dad joke. Do you have one? Oh, gosh. I, actually, I don't. Oh, 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 man. We could do the same one over again. No, that's okay. No, that was bad. Was no, bad. I'm, I'm going to need bad. a different therapist. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what yours is doing. Um, (laughs) Anyway. She's a very good person. (laughs) Just ask her. She'll tell you. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. All right. So the topic for the day is, drumroll please, why I changed my name. Yeah. So as we go down through this, uh, there's a couple of questions um, that have uh, have meaning for many many folks. Sure, and uh, now, I don't want this to be something that is just about me and you and us. No, I just think you're the case study in this this uh, this episode. I'm a though. case study, like in Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got to go figure out what Resident Evil is. Oh I'm gosh, too busy listening to Buffy too busy to listening that. to Boomer Rock. So. <laughs> Boomer who? Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> so, but no. and I love all y'all. I'm just playing around. Yeah, I'm he's just, just giving me a hard time. Yeah. He wears his flip flops. I've seen it. Mm. Yeah, they're chacos, but yeah, yeah. You know, at church even. I know. Weird. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So there's a couple of questions that do pop up, and and I'm gonna kind of put this out there. This isn't uh, anything that we have talked about, right? Really, truly. Um, but this is a question that hits most everybody in midlife. And there can be, you know, exacerbating circumstances that really uh, hit this. But um, the big question is, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. How do I define that thing? 
right? Mm-hmm. If you listen to the last episode, maybe you know Lucifer's sitting there going, "Who am I if yeah, I'm or, not the impish red guy?" Yeah. And hopefully, um, it's the last one. I may throw them out of order. Who knows? But you'll know what we're talking about when we talk about <laughs> yeah. it. So there you go. Yeah. So, um, but that's a big question, and, and this this um, this reality or the reality of this this question of who am I is really a deep subject. Um, not a huge ton of Bible verses here for this one. Yeah. Um, doesn't need a lot of them, but it's that question of identity. Mm-hmm. How do you define yourself? And I will tell you uh, from my perspective um, that for a big part of my life, who I was is what I did. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a natural way to define it. it I, I didn't say right. I think it's a worldly way. I said to natural. I said natural. I'm going to beg to differ, but that's okay. That's what you um, do. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, to just give you a little taste before I, I start, you know, the session here with Nathan. Oh, God. Um, one of the things is, is that I remember when I was in college. Uh, I had the blessing of going to school with my wife for a couple of years. And um, on Thursday nights, we would go to a local cafeteria. Yes, that's showing my age. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Bell Mead Cafeteria. Mm. And uh, I can say that because they're not around anymore. Uh, they're not a thing. So, um, But it's one of those places, kind of like Luby's. I don't know if Luby's is around anymore. I remember Morrison's, Morrison's Rafferty's. The Piccadilly. Oh, Piccadilly, um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know one of those places where you go through the line and say, "Give me that plate, and give me that plate, and give me that plate," and then they tally you up at the end, and somebody takes your tray to the the table. And my grandparents, my parents, and me and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, would sit there every Thursday night for an hour and a half to two hours, and the only thing we talked about was what we did. I did not realize until fifteen, twenty years later, my wife never really talked Mm -hmm. because this is not how her family spent time together when they spent time together they would talk sports current events what they had learned that week learning was huge or is huge still in their family um, and other things that are going on were my family it was all about what do you do Mm -hmm. what's your job what troubles have you had with your job? Where have you knocked it out of the park with your job? And so... It's the same way with mine growing up. Was it? Yeah, absolutely. You'd sit around when I, when when my grandfather was alive. Mm-hmm. This is back, you know, back when J.R. Ewing was there in Dallas. Um, <laughs> that, you know, my grandfather being alive... You just lost most I know, of right? the listeners. I know, right? So. Hey, I was a kid then. I remember it. <laughs> he just struck me as J.R. Ewing in like a really nice, not smarmy, disgusting way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would have him and my dad and my uncle and maybe a couple of farm hands coming in for breakfast, and that was always the daily conversation about yeah. what fields they were going to, what they had, you, yep. know, you know, all that. I grew up on a farm in Alabama, yeah. so that's how it worked. Yeah, and I think the the piece to that that I never really considered was if we are what we do, what are we when we don't? Yeah. And I had a major identity crisis right after college. Mm-hmm. Um, it in no small way led to me leaving the church. It played a huge role in that. And so, Nathan, um, I would like to ask uh, if you can share your story, because I know the whole why I changed my name has a story. So yeah. can you en- enlighten us a little bit there? Well, sure. Um, 
I, I have always struggled with this, to be to be quite honest. And I joke about this being a therapy session. Uh, when I said we were going to do this, you could literally hear the excitement. And Jeff's just like, ooh. Um, but, it, but in all seriousness, I had always, you know, this was part of my experience growing up as well as, you know, you are what you do. You are your, you are your occupation. And um, so I went through all that. And my, my full name is Nathan. It's not Nathaniel. It's not any of these. My actual legal name is Nathan. And uh, I discovered when years later in my life, when I went into a new occupation, this was about, oh, about 15 to 17 years ago, um, everyone started calling me Nate. I had never gone by Nate in my entire life. I didn't I may have known one Nate. I did know one Nate because he was pastor at a church down in inner city New Orleans that we helped to to serve back before right before Katrina hit. But that was the only Nate that I knew. I had never gone by Nate. Nate was not me. But all of a sudden, the people that I was working with, the people that I were that I was selling to, because I've been in sales for a very mm-hmm. long time. Um, they were all calling me Nate. Like the whole community decided to call me Nate, uh, and it was almost this immovable tide of, hmm. well, everybody's calling me Nate. Next thing you know, one day I was Nate, hmm. because um, the people that were doing commerce with me felt more comfortable calling me Nate. All the studies would show that a one-syllable name was much more approachable. And um, if they're willing to do business with me as Nate, then by God, I was Nate. Okay. And I didn't really think about it. And my Facebook profile was Nate, and my Instagram was Nate, and my business cards were Nate, and my email signature was Nate. In the, everyone's phone, I probably for many of you, I still am Nate. For those of you who are listening, have to go look. yeah, you got to look. Um, and I still get called Nate by people that, you know, it's no harm. It doesn't hurt me or anything like that. But Mine says Nathan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, because you're such a conscientious therapist. Try to be. Um, but, it, but in all seriousness, everyone just called me Nate. And I didn't really think anything about it because I was what I do. And um, went through, without going into all the details, I realized uh, at the end of that career that uh, the the industry to which I was devoting my entire life, I gave it my name, mm. could care less about me. Yeah. I was building someone else's kingdom. Maybe some of you can relate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had given this industry my name, and it had given me jack squat. And uh, I didn't know myself anymore because I found myself unemployed. Hmm. Uh, I was, uh, well, let's just say they didn't need somebody like me anymore. <laughs> and, and this is relatively recent. Yeah, relatively, so relatively recent. Yeah, relatively recent. So I, um, I ended up having a real crisis um, because I, I mean, that's part of how this podcast was born, where the, mm-hmm. the incipient notions that became this podcast – uh, came out of a part of like, I want to help people again. I want right. to minister to people again. But here's the thing. You know, we remember way back when I was talking about that that young minister that was me, that young professional Christian. Well, and, and he wanted to help people. He just didn't really know what he was doing. He His name was Nathan. <laughs> and that was the name that he was given. Yeah. And it means gift of God. And I realized that 
for the before I even knew what I was going to be doing now, and I, I'm employed now, and it's good. Um, but before I made any other decisions about the future of my life, the first thing I had to do was claim my name again and take it back from an occupation that really could care less about me. Um, Because our names, think about it, our names are our identity. They contribute to who and what we are. And uh, I had to take that back. Yeah. So I had to take my name back. Hopefully that makes sense. It does. And, you know, this is, like I said, it's not an unusual topic. This is not something that's foreign to many people. Most people have experienced the same thing in in one or, or more ways. And uh, what you're describing um, is really differentiation. Um, you are separating yourself from the corporate body mm-hmm. of whatever. And yeah. I think what's worth calling out here is when we talk identity, uh, which is really what we're talking about, is who am I? You know, what my name is, what, what is it going to be known as? Um, when we think about that, um, it's... It's something that needs to be an internal, um, an internal focus, not an external focus. Mm-hmm. It's not what you do because if we were to be named by what we do the most, we would all be called breather <laughs> because it's the one thing we do the most. Of. It gets in the way of talking. I right. can tell you that. Yeah. So, but being able to differentiate and say I am okay as an individual, individual. Individual, individual, <laughs> an individual autonomous person. Yeah, um, and I think that is something that is very hard for guys our age. Yeah, because we're taught no, 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 no. It's it's what are you in the group? Mm-hmm. And I think what's super critical is like we talked about in the last episode, nothing is wasted, right? And so we don't want to necessarily just jettison it and go that has no value. But one thing I want to do is to look at what's coming down the road because I think our younger people are teaching us a lot about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you had done some research on this. Yeah. So I forget the actual uh, – oh, no, it's according to Vice Research, um, okay. which I know you know, it's just Vice, but they actually <laughs> – they're, they're good at what they do. Uh, 62% of Generation Z says identity is self-determined. Mm. As opposed to you go to millennials, which is a little less, and then all the way down to our generation, mm-hmm. Generation X, uh, 36% say that. say that identity is self-determined. So that has to mean the opposite is true. You know, in our mind, the opposite is true, mm-hmm. that our identity is determined by someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'll ask the question because nothing is taboo. Could this be part of the reason, removing all politics from it, could this be part of the reason the whole transgender movement is taking such a, a focus that the younger generation is not just saying, you know, I am what I've been told I am, but they're questioning all of that and saying, no, no, I will tell you what I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say transgender movement, that's probably too limiting. I'm thinking yeah, it's more pretty probably narrow. the, the, you know, when you walk up to somebody and they talk about their pronouns. The self-identity or, movement. Yes, that's probably yeah. a better way to put that. I just coined that. How You're about, welcome. Uh-huh, patent it. Mm-hmm. Work its away. Ba-ching. But I think that that's probably something that we can all learn from, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I find so interesting. Calm down. I was going to say. Everybody, calm is, down. Is when you look at it, um, look at the generation that shuns it. 
yeah. that shuns this self-identity. And I'm not painting with a broad brush. Right. Um, great story about my mother. I uh, won't give a lot of details because I don't want to embarrass folks or cause them any discomfort. Right, but right. we had a family uh, event that was happening, and a self-determined individual uh, was not sure whether or not they should come. Yeah. And my mother, 1955, you know, the the uh, American dream ranch-style house on the corner with the beagle in the yard, and you got you got to have a flag. Beagles are got to have a light. <laughs> <laughs> and amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that as a boomer, she was very accepting and reached out. And so I don't want to say that this is, you know, down with the boomers. Right. Of course. No, of no. You guys are awesome. I mean, I know so many people of, of my parents' generation that are amazing, amazing human beings. Yeah. And you have blessed my life directly. So don't take that as an right. Whatsoever. I just I think we're seeing a generational difference. Right. That's all I'm right. saying. This is a hard conversation too. It really, because is. it's so divisive, and it, and it hurts me that it is. Yeah. Because people at their very core, mm-hmm. no matter how old they are, they want to know that they're loved. Yep. Okay. I'm not talking about your politics. I'm not talking about anything here. I'm just saying humans. People with 26 chromosomes. Mm-hmm. I think it's 26, right? Hopefully it's 26. Whatever the proper number is, I think well, it's 26. Well, ask Rachel. Yes, ask Rachel. Jennifer knows. Um, <laughs> but, but people with the proper number of chromosomes, uh, whether they, whatever they are, they want to be loved. Yeah. And, and no matter what they're it, – it breaks my heart that this has become so divisive. Because I don't think this is what God wants for any of us to instantly look at someone else and say, I hate you because of what you think about yourself. Yeah. Well, sorry to tie that That just hit me. me. Well, no, that that means something. Um, And to tie it back to the last episode, um, when we think about evil being afoot. The one thing God wants his kids to do is to play nice with each other. Right. He wants them to to, um, love each other and be a family and... For whatever reason, this has become a wedge. Yeah. He designed us to run around naked and name tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Try that tomorrow at Pilgrimage Festival. Try that at the Nashville Zoo. <laughs> I'll see you on my Facebook feed. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and so that's that's one of the things about identity is what are we to be known as, right? right? And um, I will tell you this. When I start thinking of identity, when I had this dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. um this is what came up, and you know what I'm getting ready to do. Do not fear. Yep. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Mm-hmm. That is where my identity sits today. Yeah. I am redeemed. I am loved. And I am his. And what is so amazing about that is none of that has any earthly bearing. It doesn't make me better than anyone else, but it also doesn't give any earthly thing sway over who I am. And these are the things that I think you do it. I do it. We know lots of folks that do it. We are trying to inculcate this into our children and we're not necessarily just quoting scripture to them, Mm -hmm. but when we grab our children, I know my own, and sorry to interrupt you, Jeff, but 
I'm the type I've I've always found, especially in my later adult life, more recent adult life. I've always I've found it hard for me, you know, because if you remember back to our study on generations, Generation X wants to always be authentic. That's our big thing is we always want to be real, right? Yep. So I know my sins, and I know my shortcomings. And I have a real hard time quoting scripture to my kids because the inside voice says, yeah, but do you know who you really are? I wonder where that comes from. So so where do you get off telling your kid to be anything because you're X, Y, Z? Um, and yeah, I know. <laughs> but if I'm being if I'm being just blunt, honest, and maybe some of you out there know what I'm talking about. Um, but so I've, I've tried to demonstrate it more than say it. Yes. You know, because Generation X, our identity is a struggle because we don't like to fake things and we reject placebo. That's just how we are. Hmm. And that's why the identity issue has become such a struggle. And that's why I don't necessarily, and it's a good thing that I don't browbeat my kids with scripture. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they would take to it so well. Oh, they would though. love it. So I mean, that's the thing is that, um, from a psychological level, what is so very interesting to me is that this idea of being loved and redeemed and belonging, um, it, it permeates everything we do. It permeates our friendships. It permeates our marriages. It permeates our jobs. It permeates everything we do. And if you don't know what permeate means, go look it up. And so... Let it permeate you. Let it permeate you. And so this idea of identity is huge. Now, uh, before we are two years old, so think pre-verbal, by the time we get there, we have had experiences that will tell us who we are. That is why it is so critical to love everybody. And when you come across a 38-year-old or 40-year-old or a 60-year-old and you see something that maybe doesn't rub you the right way or something that you may want to mock or something that you go, something's not right about them, remember that they are living out that two-year-old self. Yeah, before you look at them and go, okay, boomer. Right. You know? <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Jimmy Buffett. That's all oh, I'm saying specifically. That's all. When you say it, I'm saying it. Every We're time good. you say that, it makes me so angry, mm. and I don't know why. That's another episode. Go it's ahead, like Jeff. It's like pre-distressed logger boots. The, the Gen Xer in me says, are you serious? Mm-hmm. You can't even wear your yep. own boots. We're trying Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Authentic. I love that word. But no, that's the thing is the identity piece is that everybody's struggling with something. Everybody's looking for that identity. And oftentimes the where we find the hardest issues didn't start today. They started at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And that takes me to a topic that often comes up. Uh, and I'm just going to say it and won't apologize for it. It often comes up with my male friends. Okay. I know this is not a male-only issue. Right. In 1950, it would have been much more masculine than feminine. Today, I'm sure this is an issue across the board. Uh, I'm sure, as if I don't know. It is an issue across the board, and I will acknowledge that. But for whatever reason, the the women in my life don't talk about this as much. Um, And I'll tell you how they do talk about it here in just a moment. But work identity... You know, Friday night, go out to dinner with some friends. Hey, how was your week? Oh, it was great. 
I got so many closes at work or, you know, we just reorged or all these different things that are happening. No one ever says we just reorged with that level of enthusiasm, <laughs> by the way. They did this week. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but it's one of those things is that we take our identity from our work. Now, here's the question. This is the question that Jennifer, if you don't remember her or haven't heard her name, go back a couple episodes. Yeah, make sure to go look Narcissism with Jennifer Parecki. As I was struggling with this on my own, she and I were having a cup of coffee, and I was really struggling with this idea of um, my identity is what I do because I was failing miserably, mm-hmm. and she looked at me and said these words. Hmm. Why do you take so much pleasure in your punishment? Why do you let your punishment identify you? Mm-hmm. And I looked at her like she had a third eye. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't <laughs> talk about my punishment. And she's like, that's such a Jennifer Parecki thing. To say. <laughs> I said, what do you what, like? What do you mean? How in the world can I be talking about my punishment? And her response was, when we look in Genesis at the very beginning, did he create us to work? He created us to tend the garden. Once again, he created us to run around naked naked, and tigers, tigers, right? Yeah. And so we don't see work as we know it. That should be the episode title here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) if we only knew the guy that could make that happen. Public nudity and tiger naming. (laughs) Proceed. I'm sorry. So when we think about that, though, that's, that's really where we're getting to is when we, when we see what happens after the fall in Genesis Mm -hmm. and women, uh, you know, begin to have pain and childbirth and submission and all those different things that happen. Mm-hmm. And men get sent to work, toiling, sweat of their brow type of work. The stuff that we do today for money, because, well, if they didn't pay us, we wouldn't do it. Come quickly, Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> so if we're taking so much pleasure and pride in the identity that our punishment gives us, we should probably rethink that. Mm-hmm. Now, for the, uh, the the female listener out there, I want to ask this question, uh, and I, I kind of know an answer, and I won't pigeonhole people, and I hope I don't make anybody mad, but this is one of those things that when we sit there and we go, okay, like I just did a minute ago, I don't typically hear about this with my, my the women in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't sit there and go, oh, well, you know, at work today I did da-da-da-da-da, but they have something very similar, They lose their identity oftentimes when they become a first wife. Mm -hmm. And then it really. So, when are you going to have a kid? When are you going to have a baby? Yeah. And and think about this. Mm -hmm. Not saying you do this, but good enough friend, I can do this. Sure. Nathan, you and I are walking in church, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on Sunday. Sure. And we see some guests that come in. And you go, What do you do? Hey, hey, what do you do to him? Mm -hmm. And then when you introduce Nicole. Where are the kids? You introduce Nicole, you'll say, and this is. My wife. Mm-hmm. My Nicole. possession. Now, that, that doesn't mean that you see her that way necessarily, right. but it is a lack of identity. Right. And so this has a feminine and masculine uh, side to it, right. both, right? What do you do? Uh, Northwestern Mutual. And, Calm oh, I, down. His wife. Calm down. We're not throwing out the, the wife-husband relationship. <laughs> Calm right. down. Exactly. But that's the thing, too, though. I'm feeling that, cantankerous today. <laughs> I'm oh. just rubbing you the wrong way. It's all right. No, you're good. You're good. Um, but to think about it, too, and you've done it and I've done it, and sure. many people on this, this podcast have done it, uh, or listeners, is walking to school that first time. Mm-hmm. Our kids are doing it, too. 
Mm-hmm. And they're not doing it intentionally necessarily. But when my wife walks in, more often than not, it's not Miss Rachel. It's <gasps> Sam's mom. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we lose those identities. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> what doesn't daddy do? <laughs> um, anyway. But the point being that... Um, we have to be very careful how we tend our identities. And I think from a spiritual level, this is why you need to spend time with God. Yeah. This is why you need to spend time in the quiet. And this is why you need to spend time in the text. And you need to spend time in prayer. Yeah. Because in those moments, when we go back to where we were, were you know, originated, mm-hmm. the man, man, ooh, there, that slipped, that's child of the 80s. It's okay. Um, we go back to God who created us. Right. We find our true identity mm-hmm. as redeemed, saved, and loved. And none of that you can do. No. I, I've, I've, re- I've, I love the book of Ecclesiastes. There's, you know, there's a phrase you, you're not going to hear very often. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about this earlier. I, I love the book of Ecclesiastes because when you, when you read uh, the first word, instead of meaningless, it actually is a word for vapor. When it says vapor... Everything is utterly vapor. It is chasing after the wind. So all these things which we allow to define us and name us are here and gone. Mm -hmm. They're here and gone. And the only thing that's not here and gone at the end of our days is the God that created us and breathed his life into us and made us in his image. Mm-hmm. And it's so, still, it's so hard for me. This is so hard for me. I'm just being straight up uh, transparent here. This is not Nathan, a pod, you know, podcast <laughs> guy. This is, this is just me being honest. Every one of the pitfalls that I, I wrote down a list of pitfalls to external identity... And every one of them I suffer with. Every one of them. I've got to go pull this up. Burnout. Mm. Lack of balance. Vulnerability to job loss. So if you lose your job, you lose your identity. Hey, that's me. Uh, susceptibility to abuse. Uh, if, but, you know, there's a big one there. If, you're, if your whole identity is in something that you do, or you, then you know, you're going to find yourself in a toxic power structure pretty easily. You're, you're more apt to go there. Limited exploration of self and surroundings. Jeff, how many times have we talked about things that I haven't enjoyed? Mm-hmm. Like like things that I haven't experienced. You know, th- stop it. Like Jimmy Buffett. Oh, God. I really hate you right now. <laughs> I mean, in, in the most Jesus way possible. Um, in all seriousness. Uh, but the things that, like, you know, when I was a kid, there were a lot of things that uh, I was shamed Mm-hmm. from listening to or watching sure. or any of that. Um, and a lot of people worse than I. Um, and then if you're, if then you get caught up in what you do and all of a sudden I don't have time for that. I don't have time for this, you know, right. And I'm guilty. Unfulfillment, guilty, stress and anxiety. Oh my God, am I guilty? Um, like I, I've told you in, uh, or I may have mentioned in other episodes, you know, the depression idea. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and strained relationships. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that I think this is where, especially on this side of the planet, um, this is one of those areas where this Satan um, has the most sway. Yeah. 
where evil truly has the most sway. Mm-hmm. Um, in the United States, until COVID, uh, for our generation, disease, pestilence, um, you know, that type of thing doesn't really happen. It to was, knock us it was off a Martian game, idea. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but if you go to Africa, disease, pestilence, um, darkness, evil, it has a totally different look. And it's very real because it's things like, I don't know when I'll have clean water again. People are dying by the thousands, and we're not real sure why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, where does this where does this all play? What does this all tell us? And that is is that we cannot take our identity from anything external, mm-hmm. right? And so, I don't like when I have this conversation. I've probably had this conversation a hundred times. And when I talk about identity, one of the things I don't like to leave people with is, well, this is what you're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, and mm-hmm. a little three-sentence thing about this is what you are. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a, what can I do to reclaim this? Right. Right? And so personally, um, I think this is where deconstruction comes in mm-hmm. with reconstruction. Correct. If you deconstruct and you don't reconstruct, all you've done is left yourself in chaos. Mm-hmm. Find a good therapist, and I hope you got a lot of money mm-hmm. because they're going to help you rebuild it. Yeah. And if you're not open to reconstructing and looking forward, looking for the good and the true that we've been told to look for, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a very I saw you quoting Amy Fritz right time. there. I like yeah. that. I like, that. like that. Yeah, it's well and, done. Right on. Untangled Faith um, Podcast. Check it out. <laughs> and so that's the thing. And, yeah. and I think that that is what the one of the beautiful things about the Bible is, is that while there are warnings and while there are stay away froms and all of that, I think the thing that we need to really focus on is the things it tells us to do. Be good to each other. Mm-hmm. Love each other. Forgive each other. Walk with each other. Clothe those that don't have clothes. Feed those that don't have food. Offer a room to someone who doesn't have it. Because in those things, we solidify our identity. And the reason I can say that is because of this. Those things, when done with the right spirit, are not works. Mm -hmm. They are faith. They're fruit. Right. Yeah. And so... I want you to look forward at what's coming next in your life and whether that's on the drive home, practice some loving, kindful mindness, uh, mindfulness, loving, kindness, mindfulness. Like, you know what? That's a good word too. Yeah, I like all, yeah. all of those yeah, I'm in as, favor as of. Somebody we know, you know, we're, we're going to wordify it. We're just going to make our <laughs> own thing. Um, but, but I love mind lovingfulness. <laughs> I'm putting that on a t-shirt. Um, but do that on the way home and watch what happens. Yeah. Because we, we really, um, a friend of mine likes to say this, and I love it when he says it. It's not, and I always get it wrong. It's not so many, it's not. Ha, Good not, job. He's right. staying consistent. Boy, it's that night. Um, it's not how many seeds are in the apple. It's how many apples are in the seed. Mm-hmm. Because we do know there will be a day. We have to hold account for what we've done. Right. And that doesn't mean go out and make you know, good Christian soldiers so that we can conquer the world yeah. and make sure everybody knows which Bible verses to quote. God forgive what us. What it means is go out and wash feet. Mm-hmm. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up in just a couple of months. I dare all of our listeners to have a bowl and a towel at the door. Go wash feet. What if our What if our Christian army walked the streets with instead of carrying swords, they carried baskets full of food? How about that? 
What if we had Thanksgiving for all the homeless? How about that? Yeah. I think that's a lot more Christ-like. It it very much so is. And what happens when you're focused on doing those eternal things instead of these external things? Mm -hmm. Well, you fill fill up from the inside, and what are you full of? Mm -hmm. You're full of the Holy Spirit. You're you're full of those things that you want to be. Yeah. Right? The pneuma, the breath. There you are. And so we have the to... Ruach. The my ruach. favorite word. Um, it's one of the only ones I remember. And I actually got it right tonight. <laughs> you did. So, you did. Forget mindfulness. We're going to go with Ruach. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things because the, the reality is, is that the world's going to let you down every single time. Yeah. And so no matter how many years you spend at that job, I hate to say this. I really hate to say it, but it's the truth. You can go get the 50-year watch... And 15 minutes after you're gone, mm-hmm. somebody else will be doing your job. Mm-hmm. Do you really want that to be what identifies you? Yeah. But put shoes on a child that doesn't have them, and you will be remembered forever. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. And so... And uh, we'll continue to struggle with this. Oh, absolutely. We will, it, it, it is a... Did it today. It is a struggle that mankind has had since the first of us. So... You and I joke, and I know you really don't like it. The reason I bring up Jimmy Buffett so often... God, you're just like... Get ready. He's coming at me. Get ready. Go Google it or get on Apple or whatever and look up It's My Job. Because that changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was struggling with this identity piece, and a dear, dear friend who listens to the show, um, a dear, dear friend, Mm -hmm. said, man, what are you doing? It doesn't have to be this hard. It's Mm -hmm. just a job. And my response was, you don't understand. It's not just a job. I've got a wife and a child, and I've got all these things I've got to do. Mm -hmm. I have to, have to, have to do these things. I'm the only son in my family. I've got to carry the family name. And he said, okay, and grinned. And it wasn't very long after that I had a YouTube link to the song, It's My Job. Mm -hmm. And it changed my life because in that little song the street sweepers the happiest one of the bunch and it made me ask the question hold on street sweepers bankers a list musicians mm-hmm. why is it norwegian the, ninja producers norwegian ninja producers he approves the street sweeper <laughs> can be the happiest one in the bunch and it all focuses on where you get your identity right and so that's part of it. Um, also, uh, as you start to listen to those things and you reconnect with your mother, like I did over that song, uh, it changes everything, and it becomes more than it becomes more than a musician. Much like uh, Mr. Roddenberry's show is more than a show. Indeed, right? Indeed. And so, now we're talking about enjoyable pop culture. <laughs> I'm, I'm so now I've got to go watch Star Trek and figure out how do I make a Buffett reference with Star Trek, folks. Believe it or not, for those of you who are well versed, I actually found a way to condense the entire Next Generation into about 14 episodes so that I could get my oldest son ready for Picard. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to say it now. Good. Calm down, folks. Calm down. <laughs> Just 14 episodes. <laughs> no, this has been a really good conversation. It's one that I struggle with and will continue to struggle with, and I know many of us do struggle with this on a daily basis. And one more thing, and I, I hate to say this, 
isn't necessarily a plug for me. If you know me and you have the issue, you want to talk, I got an yeah. office, we can do it. But identity issues, like I said, can permeate everything. And so from a culture of healing, mm-hmm. what I want to remind folks is, is there are trained professionals out there when you do find yourself in, in that chaotic dark night of the soul um, what I want you to do is I want you to reach out for help, whether that's at your church, whether that's a professional counselor, whatever it is, know that you're not alone, know that you are loved, and that these issues are real, and it's not because you did anything wrong. So remember that yeah. there, you can get help, uh, and that, that counselors, pastors, friends, they're all mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seek some help if you do run into this, because it can get very dark very quickly yeah. when you don't know who you are. Find somebody. Find somebody. And I guess the only thing other than saying spottedgoatspodcast.com, Spotted Goats Podcast on Instagram, and the Spotted Goats Podcast community on Facebook is uh, I want to leave you all with one very important piece of wisdom. It is illegal to go to a zoo naked and name tigers. <laughs> Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you all.